let's play a game. Again, and welcome to yet another edition of Is It Worth It, the podcast where we generally talk about games that are rare and or valuable. We take them, we pull them down off our shelves, we play them, we tell you whether or not we think they're worth it from a collector's standpoint. Hi, I'm your host, Blaine J, and with me as always, co-host Mr. James Milholland. Hey, everyone. <laughs> and today we're going to be talking about, well, a few things. We've, uh... We've had some special things happen within the last month, um, one of which being BitCon, as you all know, and one of which which was mentioned in previous shows, but maybe not in depth. Uh, my co-host here, he's he's become a dad. Which is, I am now a papa, that's correct. And, and tell us a little bit about uh, about fatherhood, I suppose, and about what's going on there. Oh man, it, uh, it, it's a change. It's a definite change. Um, little guy arrived April 28th at about 10.38 p.m. Already kept us up for two nights waiting for him, and he's kept us up every night after that. <laughs> Not sleeping um, well? Uh, we're doing okay. Uh, he gets up usually twice in the middle of the night, once at around two or three and then again at five so my wife and i basically rochambeau every uh evening for who gets up at what time yeah, yeah, yeah. um i'm having so much fun already and it's just begun and i'm just looking forward to all the fun i don't know holidays vacations summer breaks just everything we're gonna have together oh yeah um his name is david clark milholland or dc for short after my uh favorite comic book series <laughs> so david's my wife's uh, dad's name and clark's my dad's name so we, we combine those and then just so happens to be you know batman's comic very so cool. very cool all around awesome super fun can't wait yeah they had the little guy literally uh like two hours before bitcon or something so yeah. Yes, yeah. unfortunately. So hopefully next year BitCon is earlier in the month like they originally planned, and I will be there. Yeah, otherwise. Uh, but if they continue with this weekend, it's going to be tough. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Yeah, we were talking about mm -hmm. that a little bit on the trip. Like, uh, James is fucked for all future BitCons unless they uh, unless they change, you know, uh, the date, which generally they do. It, it hasn't always been the exact same date each year. It seems like uh, mm -hmm. one year I went in May or something like that, but... Um, yeah, and of course this year was supposed to be earlier in April and had it been, then, you know, we'd have been able to meet each other and what have you. And you'd have got to meet all the guys. Cause that was, yeah, that was a really big, unfortunately the founders of Bitcoin wanted to wait for a tornado. Mm -hmm. So they postponed it to tornado season, I guess. Right. Oh man. What a bunch. Of <laughs> That's terrible. Yeah, I'm just so angry. Did you listen to the, uh, RPG shows episode regarding Bitcoin? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And so you you pretty much know the story, but for our listeners, um, mm -hmm. essentially what had happened was uh, we got all these people to come around from literally the world. We had Minthian, our friend Bjorn, if you know him better by that name. He came from Sweden, stayed with me for, uh, I believe, nine days. It was a little over a week, I think. Ooh. Yeah, and then um, uh, the guys from the RPG show, they drove down um, Nick and Brent, and along the way they picked up Anderson, who is uh, a fan of their show, but then he found our show through um, through them and has become a fan of our show since then. And he will be joining us on an upcoming uh, Video Games the Movie that we'll be doing in the next few weeks as well. Uh, I'm sorry uh, while I'm on the subject to everyone about not getting out the Mortal Kombat episode. I've been... Uh, obnoxiously busy with work as of late and uh, other things going on as well. It's really been difficult for me to get away and do uh, literal anything. Um, it's just the way it is. It's life sometimes. Whatever. Um, but as for Bitcoin, yeah, it was it was really great. Like I said, Mint came down. He um, spent the week with me. I went and picked him up at Tulsa Airport on a Monday. Um, 
we hung out a lot, uh, played a lot of, uh, mostly my Super Nintendo collection. He got, like, really far into the game The Tick. If you're familiar with the TV series, you know, Spoon, Arthur, all that stuff, you know, the Flavor <laughs> Mouth. Yeah. Well, they made a Super Nintendo game for it, and I've never really played it in depth, but Mint was, uh, he was actually randomly really good at it, and I don't think he'd ever played it before. He's just good at brawlers or beat-em-ups or whatever. And he got pretty far, and then we looked it up, and there was something like 28 levels in the game, and he was on, like, level 8 or 9, and we were thinking maybe he was at the end, toward the end of the game, but no dice. Um, yeah, not not a great beat-em-up, but it, it does have its humor. It was it was fun, and then, you know, we played other things. We played Act Razor for quite some time. Um, got pretty far into that as well. Uh, I, I forget what else. A bunch of other Super Nintendo games. I think we, we were talking about playing... Um, Secret of Mana 2, and then doing an episode together, or not, yeah, 2 and 1, actually, but 1, in particular, we were going to do that, and then, you know, the the save on my cart doesn't work, which is, like, <clears throat> story of my life for, like, half of my fucking RPGs, so, one of these days, you know, I I did manage with that cart that I sent you some time ago with uh, Tactics Ogre, I, I f- watched a tutorial, and I managed to get a battery working in that thing, um, something tells me it's not going to be quite as easy with Super Nintendo games, also, some of these games, they they have such a high price point on them now that it's like, you know, I'm kind of worried to even uh, touch the damn things, really, you know, um, in that regard, because I'd be afraid that I would just damage them for life and then, you know, end up with a brick. So I, I'm kind of nervous. Well, hey, too. on that real quick, um, sorry to interrupt you, but oh, I do you think that since all of these, you know, like Earthbound, for instance, you know, how much is Earthbound right now? Three hundred bucks? No, no, it's it's down to about one seventy right now. One seventy? Well, still one seventy. That thing has a shelf life. Like when that battery goes out, like how much is that thing going to sell for? Well, true. The batteries can be replaced. The the thing I worry about can they more, like easily? Well, not particularly easily. Like there is some soldering involved and such. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a no solder method that you can use, which is what I used for that Game Boy Advance game I sent you, um, and that worked. I don't know how well it would work for uh, Super Nintendo or Genesis or the like. I haven't really looked into that because I am scared to do that, you know. But as long as the game works, um, uh, whether or not it can save, that can be fixed. You know, the battery can be replaced. So as long as the game is still in working order. Um, its value shouldn't depreciate at all or very little um what worries me is uh, you know bit rot and the like now with cartridge based Mm -hmm. games they're they're bound to uh last much longer you know there are some people that think they'll last anywhere from 50 to 100 years and certainly atari can attest to that you know these games are 40 45 years old and you know i don't have an atari game that doesn't work i have you know i don't know how many i have maybe close to 100 or something and they all still work last that last check so um that's that's uh you know that's good i do have a few nintendo games that don't seem to work my ninja gaiden i can't get to play for some reason uh in fact, I think that's the only one that I can't get to do anything at this point. So I don't know if that's just an issue with I was actually using a Retron instead of a um, the NES. I do have two original NESs, but I don't hook them up regularly. So maybe that's just a hardware issue or something. Um, but what worries me more is CDs, James. CDs are... Uh, prone to cd rot and they're only they only have a shelf life of 20 to 30 years and already on a lot of my older games i'm seeing that um they're no longer working or they're starting to glitch out here and there and you can you know shine these up to a light and you see little look looks like pinpricks uh like someone stabbed it with Mm -hmm. a needle where you can see light shining through and that's rot beginning to happen in your cds and uh once it started there's really nothing you can do to reverse it is there a way to prevent it? I mean, I would think like locking it in an airtight container or something like that would prevent it because what it is is it's the aluminum reacting to oxygen that gets within the CD itself because these are printed on, uh, you know, aluminum, the like that yeah. shiny shit you see that's uh, aluminum and it reacts to oxygen and uh, degrades. Um, there are some higher-end CDs that use gold, uh is my understanding, of course, uh, game manufacturers never bothered using stuff like that. That was just for, like, audiophiles uh, yeah. and stuff, you know. So um, gold doesn't degrade quite the same way that uh, 
uh, aluminum wood. So, man, it's it's a scary thought because I've got literal thousands of CDs worth of you know gaming behind me, and and some of them are starting not to work, and it it man, makes me nervous. So if I really start seeing a a big increase in that, it may be time to like try and get out of uh, collecting because certainly you know a lot of these games you can just play on emulation and stuff. I don't like to. That's why I collect in the first place, but. It is what it is, but anyway, that, off off of that depressing ass subject, let's talk more about BitCon. Um, yeah, yeah. Bjorn, like I said, he stayed with me for a week. We played a bunch of games. Ended up not playing some of the games we were wanting to. Um, it's just you know we were hanging out a lot. We were drinking a lot. Which, uh, by the by, anyone not on Discord, uh, after BitCon, I'd made a decision to stop drinking uh, as of. Uh, this coming Monday, it'll be two weeks sober for me. Yeah. yeah, it doesn't sound like a big deal to most, but when it you're, is a big deal, it is when you're literally, you know, I was drinking basically every day. I might skip a day here and there, but uh, I would have, you know, anywhere from six to eight beers a day. And I've already noticed that uh, I feel a little better. Um, I, I have more money. I've already. Uh, ordered you know uh some games and stuff that uh, normally wouldn't be in my budget i finally picked up that uh castlevania chronicles for the psp so i'm going to be getting that mail pretty soon that's been something that's like hey why haven't i got this why haven't i got this and i finally was like okay i'm probably going to pick up like lunar in the next month and i think i'm just going to knock out a game or two every week from here on in so that you know now that I have the extra cash to do so so that'll be cool so you'll be hearing a lot more about like pickups i've gotten stuff like that I did pick up a few things at BitCon itself, you know, like James mentioned, we all, uh, we all met up, uh, the guys stayed with me on, uh, Friday and, uh, we watched some really bad movies. We watched one of my favorite films, Truth or Dare. Uh, I thought it was incredible. Everyone else, uh, except Anderson didn't seem to be having a very good time with it, but love the movie, <laughs> recommend it to anyone that loves, uh, cheesy horror films. Then we watched Kung Pao because a few people hadn't seen that. And, uh, that's always a good time. And we got pretty drunk. I mean, these guys, they, they were ridiculous. I took them to Sodi's. And everybody bought some beer. It wasn't like, okay, you you can just share some of mine or whatever. It's like, okay, guys, we're only going to be here one night. And I think Brent bought a couple of six-packs of something. I bought a six-pack of a local brew because I wanted some people to try it. It's called Saddlebrock. Good stuff. Um, Mint brought something called Tiger that's, like I guess, out of Sweden that he found. It was pretty good. I tried some of that. And then Anderson, he was... He was the funniest. Now, of course, you heard about the ginger beer that uh, Nick bought, and he he was making Moscow mules, unbeknownst to me. And that was that's a story you can listen to if you listen to the uh, RPG shows show about um, Bitcoin. It was kind of a funny thing that happened. But uh, Anderson was the funniest to me because we're we're buying stuff, and he's like, "Well, I, I'm going to make some screwdrivers," and he buys a. Uh, uh, or he has in his hand a giant jug of vodka and it's I think it was called three olives and we're all like dude don't don't buy that that's not drinkable I assure you and he's like oh I've had it before it's not that bad and we're like nah try something at least go Smirnoff you know and he's like all right I'll try Smirnoff and he uh he bought like I think it was a friggin' half gallon of Smirnoff, and I'm, we're all kind of like, dude, you're not gonna. Okay, I, I I told him you could buy a lot smaller one, you know, and he bought that anyway, and you know he he did drink a fair amount, but there was still two thirds of the bottle here, and he left it here, and ended up giving that to my brother-in-law along with uh, all the beer that was left over, because you know, like I said, after that Monday, I quit drinking, but. Um, yeah, we all got pretty toasty and then got up in the morning, ate at Denny's, went to uh, uh, drive to go to BitCon, and it was just monsoon the whole effing way. Uh, Bjorn has a couple of videos I believe he posted up on his uh, Twitter and Instagram that you can look at. It was, you know, literally going like 20 miles an hour on the highway because there was zero visibility. We were driving with hazards on. I was basically following the guy in front of me who was following who knows what. And, you know, we finally get about halfway there. It starts to let up. And then uh, one of the guys mentions um, uh, they canceled the event for the day. 
And uh, I don't think I felt more dejected in just a long time. It was like a punch to the stomach because, you know, we'd all been looking forward to this and literally had people from halfway across the world uh, in Bjorn coming and stuff. And it was it was really rough. Uh, we get into the city. We kind of talk about what we're going to do. The city's kind of in chaos because half the downtown is actually under construction for some reason. And then the uh, the tornado that happened uh, didn't help things at all. So we uh, look up and find out that there's a place called the Flashback Retrocade, which was pretty cool. We um, ended up having to hoof it like, God, eight blocks or something to get to the damn place. And when we got there, it was uh, basically no one was there. It was um, like us and two or three other people. They had a deal where all the games were free to play, but you had to buy at least $10 uh, in drinks, um, two drink minimum, but they had to equal up to at least $10. You couldn't just like buy, you know, two sodas or whatever. Um, so I ended up buying two 8-bits. I, I recommend that to anyone who does drink. It's a good uh, pale ale. And uh, yeah, it's, it's just got like a Pac-Man on it and stuff. It's very uh, retro video games themed, so that was pretty cool. And um yeah, we, I beat The Simpsons for the first time with my buddy Phil. He was a local friend that came with us. and uh, I've always wanted to do that. Yeah, it took a lot of quarters, dude. I mean, I was just <laughs> basically just mashing on game. The, Yeah, it's great. But I just basically mashed on the continue button with... Uh, ended up having to play as uh, Marge the entire time because uh, Homer's controls weren't quite right. Neither were Bart's. They obviously the most popular characters to pick and then uh my buddy phil he played as maggie and we just uh just you know ran through the game it was it was great and then played a few other games they had a street fighter there that i played for a little bit but i mean you know it wasn't much better than in fact it was far inferior to the versions i have now you know with street fighter 4 and up you know having come out um but uh, it was still a lot of fun. It, it was kind of washed out, though, and that was kind of a problem with a lot of the machines is the screens were a little washed out or um, the controls were wonky or the sound was off. Or I mean, there wasn't really a machine in the joint that played 100% right. I tried to play uh -huh. NBA Jam, and uh, the controls kept locking to where I would just run to the left, and uh, that was... You know, it's impossible to play that game, or really any game, if that's the case. Um, just a lot of things like that. So it was, it was cool, but it was also mildly annoying because none of the games were actually uh, working 100%. But as Brent mentioned, you know, when you're dealing with a lot of drunk people playing the games every day, it's going to be hard to keep them in 100% working order. Uh, then we went from there. We went to like a kind of almost like a Hooters. We didn't mean for it to be, but it was just like right directly across from the hotel we were staying at. It was a place called the Frosted Mug where the girls were kind of scantily clad and they served pretty good food and we got drunk there and stuff. And then we uh, got up the next morning and went to BitCon, which was pretty cool. There was a lot of cool things there. They had the truck from Twister uh, was actually there. I thought that was pretty nifty because when you actually walked up on it, you could see that the dirt that was on the truck was actually painted on the truck to make it look like it was dirty. Hmm. Uh, yeah, and the, and the thing was leaking oil all over the place. They had like a bucket and some uh, towels and stuff around it, so apparently it wasn't in too great a working order. And then they had a, a DeLorean, which I'd never seen one up close. That was pretty neat to see. Um, I didn't get any pictures of those cause I'm an idiot, but I was too busy, uh, running around James, like trying to find the best deals for stuff. And as I mentioned on the other show, like, uh, in the past there's, um, barely been any Sega CD games at all. And that's really my bread and butter. That's really what I'm trying to finish. When I finish the Sega CD, like it'll be like a weight lifted off my shoulders. Cause some 10 years ago, I, I had the decision that I'm going to complete a set and it's going to be Sega CD. Um, and at the time it didn't seem so daunting. A lot of the games weren't really even over a hundred dollars. There's only a few. And over the past 10 years, they just keep going up and up and up and up. And now there are games that were $10 then that are $150 now and stuff. So it's, it's a little harder. Now I got most of the high dollar games out of the way, but I'm still sitting at around 20 games and to see, almost every table there, I mean, there was probably 40 tables and it was like 
every other one, or probably more than that even, maybe like two out of every three had some Sega CD games, and in the past there were oh. barely any. <sighs> so I was like going table to table, like, okay, which ones do I need? What are they having priced at? And uh, I've made this mistake before, and Anderson made the mistake, and so did uh, Nick, actually, of when you find something you want, you just buy it at the first table you get to. Instead of doing that, you have to risk shop around. Yeah. You got to risk. Maybe it'll get nabbed while you walk around and check the rest of the hall, but maybe it won't. And chances are you'll find another copy, uh, cheaper or in better condition. And that's, uh, pretty much exactly what happened. I ended up picking up four or five titles for the Sega CD. Poor Nick ended up, he, he beelined to one of the first places he saw a copy of lunar, um, complete, uh, for the PlayStation and the guy wanted 120 for it and he was, he'd been looking for it for so long that he just yeah he just uh grabbed it up and then he found another copy for seventy dollars that was in a uh, light condition so yeah he, and when he told me he paid 120 I, I said wow that must have that must have really gone up because I haven't checked it in a while I bought it literally off the shelf brand new it and lunar 2 when they came out for the PlayStation I uh, I was first in line kind of thing lunar is just you know one of my all-time favorite series um so I didn't know maybe maybe it had gone up to 120, but no, it hadn't. And uh, then he said when he brought it home, it smelled like cigarette smoke. So and Anderson said the same thing. He ended up picking up Eternal Darkness and then uh, went to a table a couple down and he found another copy for the same price, but the label was in great condition and the one he got was a little muffed. So it is what it is. But yeah, I ended up getting a few things and seeing a few things. Uh, saw um, most notably. Uh, Phil Moore and uh, uh, Mark Summers from Nickelodeon fame, you know, they respectively did uh, like Double Dare, What Would You Do in Mark Summers' case, and then uh, Phil Moore ran Nick Arcade for a number of years, and those were like, I don't know, James, those are my shows when I was a kid, I watched the fuck out of both of those things, so... Really cool to meet I watched those. a lot of Double Dare, I didn't watch the other one. Ah, yeah. But, um... If I'd been thinking about it, but I was just so kind of starstruck and out of it, I wasn't expecting to be. I would have got you something signed as well, but I got my Bitcom badge signed, and we took a group photo, uh, minus Nick, who was kind of not in a great mood, um, and he sat that out. Uh, yeah, he and rightfully so. He was having a rough day. I mean, first we'd missed the thing, and then we were getting, you know, Sunday, but it wasn't nearly as good as if we had went Saturday um, and seen everything, and, you know, some of that got canceled and what have you, and then he bought a game for literally twice the price, and, yeah, he just, mm -hmm. he wasn't having a good day. He was having, you know, and I, I feel that, and, uh, yeah, he didn't really know who Mark Summers or Fillmore were anyway, so he's a lot younger than we are. Um, so is Brent, but Brent uh, knew who they were and was good enough to join in the photo there and stuff. And Bjorn, he didn't have any idea who they were, but he still got up and joined us. So it was it was really cool. Got got that photo in and uh, and then came back home and spent a few more days with Bjorn, who's just he he's just a really cool guy. Had a lot of fun with him. He. Uh, he kept trying to feed us various things, Swedish things. Unfortunately, uh, he sent a package in the mail, and some of that was uh, taken in customs. They wouldn't allow any kind of meat to be uh, sent to me. He sent uh, some smoked horse, uh, <laughs> which I was really looking forward to eat because I've never eaten horse. Um, and, you know, I'm just, I like to try new things, so... Overseas, it's very common to, to eat horse, and here, not so much. We think of them more as a pet, uh, but I was looking forward to that and didn't get to. Um, they also took his meatballs, so he wasn't able to make his Swedish meatballs. He did make a, a couple of dishes, Swedish pancakes, which are like kind of like crepes. They're really good, um, and we had uh, Swedish sausage, tom tomatoes and sausage or something like that. It was, it was also very good. It tasted a lot like tomato soup to me, but it was good. The kids mm. liked it a lot. And then he brought just pounds and pounds of uh, candy from Sweden, uh, of, of which I sent you uh, uh, several. And I really like right. the way. Yeah, yeah. I really like the way. Hopefully it doesn't melt in the mail, but it might. They uh, individually wrap each chocolate. You know, it's really... It's really mm -hmm. nifty the way they do things there. Uh, and, yeah, they're really good. The quality of chocolate from Sweden is just, like, 
so much better than what we get here. The crap we get here is just trash comparatively. And I better get to it before my wife does. Yeah, yeah, you might want to. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and, and and as I mentioned, we all wore the shirts, and uh, they were really great. And I've got that in the mail to you as well. Um, awesome. A lot of people stopping and asking me about that shirt. It, it really turned out great. Uh, it's got... Uh, our website and uh, show name on the back along with the RPG show. Uh, they're basically our sister show at this point. We've done so many collaborative works together. It's almost like we're one show a, a lot of the time, you know, and you still need to do a guest spot on their show sometime. You need to pipe up and say, Hey, I want to do this. Cause they're waiting. I know. I'm trying to convince them to do final fantasy legend two. They did final fantasy legend one, but uh, we'll see. I might have to, you might have to jump in on that. Yeah, I don't. I don't know who all they have. I know Alex, who joined us uh, for the Shining Force episode. He's going to be doing um, uh, Star Tropics with them. And Ooh. after that, I'm not sure. I think Cujo is doing Quest 64 with them. Of course, I did the Snatcher episode. Um, so yeah, I'll you figure something out. Look at the roster and pick something out because yeah, you really need to join them. Uh, be for a good show. I'd love to listen to it. Um, gosh, I guess that's about all I have to say about Bitcoin. I sent Bjorn back home a few days later. He bought a bunch of t-shirts from Walmart. Uh, like a bunch. I mean, 10 or so like printed tees because they were only like four or five bucks. And uh, yeah, that's about all he got as far as souvenirs. I think he bought some cups from um, like Hot Topic or Spencer's or something. And then I, I picked him up some postcards and stuff uh, on the way back too, because that was one thing we we had trouble every day. We were looking for postcards, and it seemed like the city of Fort Smith just doesn't carry postcards anymore. And we finally found a bunch at a travel plaza on the way to the airport, so that was good. Hmm. Um, yeah, I guess just the written word isn't uh, isn't as popular as it once was, James. But anyway, uh, that's weird. <laughs> I think I've been gabbing enough about Bitcoin, and uh, you probably didn't say quite enough about David, but, uh, you know. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> the listeners want to hear about Bitcoin. They don't care about my kid. Ah, they care. They care. They do. I mean, <laughs> you know, kids are, oh, man, you know, every day that I hang out with my daughter, is it's just like, man, how did I get so lucky? It's like you get this little mini me mm -hmm. and they're like your best friend and they just look up to you and everything you do. And I mean, I, I understand that that will probably all change and she'll end up hating me at one point, but that's, uh, that's no. yeah, that's the way it goes, brother. Um, but, uh, she'll yeah, probably we'll end see. up coming back and loving me again. You know, the teenage years are always rough. I'm not looking forward to those, but yeah, we do have a game we've been procrastinating on. Um, James, did you manage to beat this game? Oh yeah. Of course you did. Uh this guy. Um not not me. Uh the game in question is of course codename Veronica. And James, I played it for a while on the uh which you knew about on the PlayStation two, and I kind of feel like I locked myself in a corner or whatever, um, in that I was playing the game thinking initially that things didn't respawn they do i was wasting ammo because of this and then i got to a point where i was so low on ammo uh i felt like it would just be uh impossible for me to continue uh and i was thinking i didn't remember it being like that on the dreamcast where i'd previously played it um i had a burned copy that i played on the dreamcast maybe five years ago or something six years seven maybe yeah gosh it's probably been more like seven or eight years ago but um mm -hmm. i didn't want to pop that back in the machine because since then i've learned that playing burned discs on the actual hardware will cause your laser to burn out quite a bit faster and i don't want to have to buy another dreamcast or you know damage one because there is a finite amount so I went out and I actually bought the Dreamcast version of Code Veronica and uh, it's it's basically the same game from what I could tell now I did watch all the cutscenes and uh, some let's plays and stuff so I am familiar with what happens in this game and uh, gosh the storyline in this game James is horrifically bad to me um, 
there's just so many plot holes and just like bad acting and etc. The game itself is pretty solid. Um, it's your it's the last of the tank control, if I remember correctly, right? James? Yeah, yeah. Uh, this this is the last of the the the, the strange controls. I wouldn't say they're bad. They're they're what I you know got used to when I played the, right. the first two and what I grew to grew to know and love. Um, I think the rumor with this game was it was supposed to be Resident Evil Three, correct? But then um, I don't know, things got mixed up and people got involved and they decided to switch and make, you know, Resident Evil, the one with Jill, Resident Evil 3, and this one would be a more of a spinoff. Um, like you mentioned, be for the Dreamcast originally, right? And then later on was then brought to the PlayStation 2. Um, personally, this is one of the reasons why I bought a Dreamcast was to play this game. I was that obsessed with Resident Evil at the time, so... Um, when I found out that there was going to be you know, a new Resident Evil coming out only for this system, I jumped on it. Um, it is one of the I um, purchased for this system. I only have like four or five of the original games. Then I found out about the whole burning thing, and I went that route. Then I found out that it ruined your Dreamcast, so I stopped that. Um, but by then, I was already into PlayStation 2. But I have been collecting Dreamcast games little by little, uh, actually as of recently. Okay. Uh, but yeah, this is a great game. Are you still with us? I've heard you. Yeah, around. yeah. Um, oh, actually, you're okay. you're kind of cutting out and making like some weird ah. staticky noises. But uh, one second, I'm gonna stop and then I, we'll pick it back up. You're doing the same thing to me. So hold on. Okay, uh, sorry okay. about that. We had some technical difficulties. You may have noticed James was like sounding a little staticky. Uh, go ahead and continue, James. We'll see if it picks back up. Okay, um, I think right. we were getting into just the. Um, I mean, beginning of the game starts out with an amazing cinematic scene. Well, quote unquote amazing. <laughs> yeah. um, you see Claire Redfield running around. Um, I think it's she's in Paris in some like unknown umbrella facility. Yeah. Um, she's captured and she's brought to where the first act of the game takes place. This game has four acts. The first one's Claire essentially running around the island, um, acquiring weapons. You know, uh, the main, like other Resident Evils, it's zombies. Uh, those of you that only played part four, five, and six don't know this, but Re Resident Evil originally was against zombies. <laughs> um, not the Plagueis and the other mutant mutants. Uh, and yeah, I don't, I don't think we need to go like story, like frame for frame. We can just kind of talk yeah, about what talk about a little bit. Yeah, you, you know, happen. You meet yeah. up. A, we'll just talk about uh, Act One then. Clear. Go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. Oh, I was just gonna say, like, you get locked up in a prison after you get captured. You're searching for your brother Chris. And this guy shows up, it's dark, and you can light your lighter, and there's this guy, and he's injured. And he gives you a key, and he says, like, hey, you might as well try and leave, although you can't leave the island. He sits down, checks some medicine. Um, he doesn't have any more pills. He throws them aside and is like, just go, or whatever. He's Yeah. And that's a the thing. place gets bombed or something like that, and then they yeah, the whole place is destroyed. So he releases you. Yeah, and that's a theme through like the whole game. Like you meet up with this guy a couple, three more times, and he's always just like, "Oh, just go!" Just every time, yeah. it's like he just wants to die in this lonely cell. Um, and everyone else is leaving the island multiple times throughout the game, and every time he just decides to stay behind you eventually do bring him medicine and then chris meets up with him later where he's bitch slapped by a a monster and then uh, i guess dies but it's like he had multiple chances to leave and just 
nah. Anyway, um, I'll tell you this game. He, you have the lighter in the beginning of the game, and I had to use that lighter like all the time in this game. I don't, yeah. do not remember that when I originally played. Maybe my TV's uh, contrast was set too light, but man, if I didn't have weapon out, I had that lighter out, like, right. looking around, couldn't see anything. It is a dark game, and it kind of boons you to have that anyway, because there are in this game, there's uh, bats that attack you periodically in various areas, and if you have the lighter out, they actually won't attack you. So that's just pro tip. Like, bats are annoying as fuck, and they could take up a lot of ammo or deplete a lot of health, and you're sitting there trying to swipe at them with a knife. If you just take the lighter out, they won't bother you. Um, yeah. I, I found this game. Uh, this game introduced. Okay. No, you go ahead. This game introduced. I was gonna say this game introduces a new um, enemy. Uh, we have the zombies, of course. There's this new thing that has like one giant arm and, and, and one little arm. It, yeah, and then one little <laughs> arm, and it'll like to you know extend like the length of a screen, yeah, and it can come Armstrong. at you quickly, and it can also grab. Yeah, stretch Armstrong, grab your head and. Smash it if you're too low on health. Yeah, kind of like thing, man. the hunters can like slit your or cut cut your head off if you're too low on health in the original games. First thing I thought of when I saw the cutscene with the little arm, the little nub and stuff, was Chris Elliott from what Scream? Not Scream. Scary movie Scary two. Scary movie two. Yeah, <laughs> my little hand. Yeah, I can see that. <laughs> I was like, okay, <laughs> I'm just laughing and like it. It couldn't be less scary to me. And then early on, you're introduced to, uh, I guess, the love interest. It's, God, this guy. Was it just me or was was Steve a real piece of shit? He was just the worst. He's like, kind of like Squall. He's like this emo little bitch. And he's voiced by one of the most, well, you know what? Everyone is voiced by just like really annoying, terrible voice actors in this game. I'm sorry. Like even Claire is like real deadpan and not, doesn't deliver well. The only one that's like, okay is Chris and he's not great, but, mm-hmm. but Steve is just horrific. And he, when you originally meet up with him, he's shooting at you, thinks you're a zombie. Um, you shoot out the light next to him, and then he's like, whoa, hold on. Uh, everything's cool, lady, and jumps down and uh, talks to you for a bit. And then he appears periodically throughout the game. Um, he saves you a few times. There's a couple of scenes that just made me groan. Um, the scene where he's, like, hanging off a cliff, and then you're to, like, you're fighting this monster while he's just hanging there one armed and it takes you however long it takes you. And then when you go to save him, he's still just hanging there by one arm and he's like apparently passed out. And you like yell at him like Steve, Steve. And he kind of like slowly looks up and he's like, Claire, is that you? And I'm like, wait a minute. If he passed out, that arm would have went slack and he'd be toast, but no, he's fine. Some he's got that death grip, I guess, a rigor mortis or I don't I don't know what happened there. But yeah, she saves him and then he, of course he promises, "Next time I'll save you." And and he does. He uh, you know, spoilers, I guess. Well, we can also talk real quick. Like he has he finds these golden guns at one point that are like part of the puzzle cuz of course they fucking are and he won't give them to but you. But he won't give them to you. Yeah. He's a bitch. Yeah, unless you give him something fully automatic and you're like dude i'm trying to get us off this goddamn island just give me those things and we'll get out of here no no. Uh, give me some automatic weapon yeah so you finally find him an automatic (sighs) weapon and then yeah he gives them to you or whatever the worst part about the whole thing is he confesses his love to you Uh uh, towards the end of the game but chronologically it's been like 24 hours yeah hasn't like how does he how does he go from meeting you to, I don't know. Not only that, and his love is so strong that when he, he gets transformed, spoilers again, this whole thing is just going to be chock full of them. Um, yeah. He gets transformed into effectively like a tyrant or whatever. It's this game's version of that. He kind of mm-hmm. looks like a big green hulking monster with like shit all over him. And when he goes to kill Claire with this axe that he got somewhere, uh, he stops it inches from her face and then he like comes to his senses and Claire and ends up chopping his own tentacles off the thing and uh, then reverting back to normal. 
Uh, well, fun fact about that battle, because hmm. I died there about six times. I finally looked it up, and I was like, that battle is impossible to win. You have to just turn around and run away from Steve, and you have to have three first aid sprays, or you're not going to make it out of that hallway. And I was like, why would they put a battle in there that you can't win, A, and B, like if you don't have three first aid sprays or three um, red and green herbs mixed together, like – You've just broke the game. You can no longer progress. Well, which just infuriates me. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, how many people got that far? Because that's like, that's got to be like. Towards the, yeah, that's the second to last battle. Yeah, that's that's pretty far into the game. And they're just like, you well. You fight that battle, then you fight two battles with Chris, and you're out. Yeah. And then you're, you're, you're raised to get out of the. Um, F that. Ability. And then let's let's talk well real quick while I'm thinking about one of the other things that I was like really about this game is literal everyone in this game knows how to fly a plane. <laughs> um, Steve yeah. for some reason knows yes. how to fly uh, like military grade uh, transport vehicles. Uh, Chris Redfield, who is a Stars member, who makes kind of the most sense, but even he's like. He was in the Air Force. His backstory is he was an Air Force okay. guy, so I, I, I give him that. But I, he was a like, helicopter originally, but yeah, we'll give it to him. I guess maybe, but like flying a Harrier is not something that you yeah. can just pick up. Uh, if I mean, if you know how to fly a helicopter. Same with Alfred plane. Ashford. He could fly a plane, too. Absolutely, he can. Uh, yeah. Alfred, he knows how to <laughs> fly a can. plane, too, for some damn reason. And that guy, now, first of all, when you first meet the Ash- Ashfords, it's Alfred and, what is it, Alexia. Ashford they you see uh-huh. a cutscene of these two little kids that are tearing the wings off a dragonfly and they drop it into a pile of ants and then they very creepily look at each other and they're I, in love what was it just okay it wasn't just me I was thinking these two kids are like yeah, making out and stuff because oh, yeah. this is very incestuous looks that they give each other it's, it, it's, it's Game of Thrones it is Game of Thrones stuff super creepy they were um, doing it. Yeah, gross, gross, gross. And then you meet up with him with uh, Alfred or whatever the the male character uh, in the toward the beginning of the game with Claire, and he's firing at you and stuff. And he has just like the most ridiculous voice of any character villain ever. He's just I'll get you, my pretty. <laughs> well, that's when he like his his sister Alexia was like. <sighs> frozen because she had been injected with the t virus and he assumed the roles of both sets of twins so he was both the girl and the guy so yeah. i think that's where his whole I don't know. weirdness i don't know the guy i don't know it was weird the guy yeah you know um, he's uh at first you think that it was you're led to believe that he was both of them then there wasn't actually an alexia but then yeah later mm-hmm. on you learn that she was like frozen because she was injected with the t virus and yeah, he kind of dies hilariously. I can I forgot, but he's like, Steve shoots him and he like crawls around and yeah. Then he like falls like super far. <laughs> yeah. Because Steve, for some reason, like he's an untrained just guy, right? He's a, uh, he was a prisoner himself, but for some reason like he, he knows how to use all kinds of munitions yeah. and he's like flipping around and doing all this badass shit. And it's like, I don't know where he learned it, but whatever. And yeah, he, he kills the guy and then he crawls to his sister and lets her free. And she, through the Seeks revenge. Yeah, yeah. She gains like fire powers. Like she becomes the fire starter. She's an eight year old Drew Barrymore. Yeah. Uh, somehow and yeah like Wesker's back and of course he's got all the powers that Wesker has and he's trying to get back a sample of the T-virus that's injected within Alexia and oh man just fight after fight when you finally do unlock I guess you could say unlock or get to Chris's uh, scenarios and you play as Chris like you're constantly faced with these battles that couldn't possibly be won by an actual human and yet you somehow manage it you know fights against wesker fights against alexia etc etc keeps happening and it just becomes more and more like bullshit 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 to me and i just kept getting more and more angry as i was watching this stuff i was like none of this makes sense um but it is what it is uh james what else do you have to say good about it? Because I'm, I'm really kind of down on the game. I liked the game a lot when I was a kid. You know, when I say kid, when I was in my mid-20s. And uh, 
for some reason, going back to it, it was like it was hard to play, uh, much harder than I remember. The story made no sense to me. Um, it just I'm I'm hoping that the rest of the Resident Evils aren't the same way because I was thinking I might revisit you know maybe not one but definitely two and three soon, and if if it's gonna be the same type of stuff, I, I might just leave it in my memory, you know, have good memories of it, because uh, I was not enjoying this game. But I know you did. I did. Um, real quick before I get back into it, I hold off on part two. I believe I read somewhere that they're remaking part two like they made remade part one. Okay. So there should be a whole, like a whole almost whole new game coming out, so that's one we may want to look forward to in the yeah, future. Yeah, for sure, because remake um, is amazing. Yeah, the remake is, it's actually, yeah, it's, I was trying playing it the other day. It's super hard, too. Like, I, I died, like, you know, right away, and I was like, God, I don't remember this being that hard. But, yeah, it, it's incredible. Um, but Code Veronica, I don't know, I, I still, maybe it was just my nostalgia coming out, but there was a lot of it that um, I still liked. Um, I did like, this one did something a little different than the first three, where uh, the first three had a complete still camera. But in this one, the camera in some areas would actually move with you a little bit. It gives mm-hmm. you a little more freedom. Um, or the illusion. I didn't feel times where it would like pan like the length of like the room with you, mm-hmm. um, which would help out a lot because in the first three, like you kind of get stuck between two camera angles. This one, uh, it still happened, but not, not quite as much. Um, one thing I think this game did really well, first you, you played Act 1 like we talked about, the prison. Then you go to Act 2 where you're just in a, um, I don't know what it is, some sort of facility in Antarctica where they are, I think, manufacturing the, the virus. Um, then you, you get through that, you fight something called No Forestru, no, uh, what's it called? No, what's that old movie, the, the first, like... Nosferatu. Um, Nosferatu. Um, yeah. Yes, that's what you just said. Um, that's like the, the, the one and only boss you fight with Claire um, to axe. Like, that was one thing I thought was a little weird because in the original Resident Evils, you'd have a mini boss or a boss, you know, every so often, the snake in Resident Evil 1. There was the, the worm, wasn't there? Yeah, I, I avoided the worm. Yeah, um, you didn't you have to fight it. Right, right. Yeah, I, I fought it with. I fought um, when I got Chris. I fought the worm. Okay. Um, but then once you complete the part with Claire, um, when I was a kid, I thought that was it. I thought I just beat the game. And then of course, you know, she sent an email to Leon or in the middle of the game. But for some reason, Leon forwarded that on to Chris, and then Chris shows up um, for Act Three and Four. And what I really liked was how. Chris was visiting the same places Claire was, yet going. he had different keys to go in different areas, some spots where you're like, you're with Claire, and you're like, how do I get into this room? And you can't, eventually give up, and you can't. Well, then Chris can get into this area, and it's like you're playing the same place, but it's it was different enough. I don't know how they did it, um, but I liked it. Yeah. Uh, same thing when you get to Antarctica. I believe there's an explosion in Antarctica, um, when Alexa wakes up, so everything's just slightly changed, and then Chris is there visiting the same area, but he's kind of going through it in a different way. Mm-hmm. Um, my worst enemy in this entire game was my own memory because I was trying to plan ahead and keep stuff in my inventory, and then realizing later that when I lost Claire and got Chris, all that stuff I had in Claire's inventory was no longer available to Chris, and I meant to like put it in the chess so chris could have it so i had a rough time i almost broke the game a couple of times Hmm. um playing through this where if i just would have you know i would have been much much better off but um it was good i i liked it like i said that one part at the end with steve where you have to run away you can't i tried fighting and i died against Mm -hmm. him like three or four times i realized you just can't win yeah and then and then getting through with Chris, and then of course the like every Resident Evil, I think you have to race out the door and and then roll credits. And I had a terrible score because I saved it about forty times and used all the first eight sprays I could, but I didn't care. Right. I had it was fun. 
Yeah, then while I was thinking about it, as you were talking, I remembered a scene that I was like, really? And it is the scene where Alfred is chasing you in an airplane, which, again, like, okay, sure, he knows how to fly a, a Harrier jet. And <laughs> and then Everyone does. instead of, like, shooting you down, which, you know, presumably this is a military-grade, uh, you know, uh, jet fighter, it has some kind of munitions on it. He, like, throws a tyrant-type character on the back of your cargo ship, and you fight it oh, yeah. Claire and knock it out the back, and then, you know, she comes forward, and she's like, I, I had to squash a cockroach or something like that. And you're like, okay, <laughs> that doesn't make sense, but fine. Much more than that, yeah. And you then, just gotta, like... Then, more egregious, more egregious is he sets autopilot on the plane somehow alfred is able to control your plane through autopilot and instead of just you know crashing it into the middle of the ocean which you know would certainly kill you because you're out in the middle of the ocean or you would probably die on impact but he flies it to antarctica where you're able to thwart his plans um just makes no sense you know what i mean yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, so, and then when you do beat it, you are able to unlock, depending on the time that you uh, played through it, you're able to unlock some different things. There's a mercenary-style game, I believe, um, that you can unlock if you've played, like, Resident Evil 3, um, where you have time trials, and you can play as different characters to get through, and each character has uh, different move sets and items and such that they can use to get through at different times. You're able to unlock Steve and alternate costume Claire's, I believe, which again, Claire, let's talk about that costume for a second. She's going to go save her brother and she decides to do so in like a halter top with like the belly cut out and like yeah. tight as fuck jeans which causes a problem later in the game because you're supposed to be moving this dozer over and once again Steve somehow knows how to use this equipment that can lift heavy machinery and stuff don't know where he picked that up at but he's doing just fine until he looks over and he's staring at uh, presumably Claire's butt because she's leaned over a, a rail and then he runs the damn thing into some toxic gas and then you have to do a mini puzzle to clear the gas out and stuff so, yeah, why is she wearing that outfit? Why is Steve wearing his outfit? Like, the only person, like, dressed for the occasion is Chris, of course. Um, yeah. But he still only shows up with a handgun and a knife. Like, come on, yeah. man. You know what you've, you've faced before in the past. Let's come ready to go. Yeah, you'd think. You'd think he'd have a little something extra, but yeah. It, I mean, I get it from a gameplay standpoint, but th those type of things infuriate me, James. Um, mm-hmm when I stop and think about them and maybe I shouldn't stop. It's, I, I do the same thing with movies. I watch a movie. And I'm like, Oh, come on. They wouldn't do that. They do this or, you know, whatever, whatever. But overall, you know, it is a good game. It is a good resident evil game, especially if you like the old style tank controls and such. Um, I wouldn't, I don't know. Like I, I, I wouldn't even say like the other resident evils, like certainly one is campy as fuck. And, you know, that's part of what made it good. You know, it wasn't really a scary game when you first played it as a kid, you know, and we didn't have anything like that. You know, there were some scenes in it that were pretty scary. They're kind of comical now. But the whole game really was campy and funny and, like, voice acted mm -hmm. poorly and such. You know, if you really want that scary experience with the same style controls and, and whatnot, uh, I, I would think the original Silent Hill and stuff that would be a much better... Uh, choice uh i don't know I, I haven't gone back and replayed those either i was thinking we might do uh, silent hills 2 in the future because i would very much like to get a uh, jeremy blostein on an episode and interview him he had a big hand in making silent hill 2 and also snatcher and uh hmm. i just yeah. uh, any any chance i can to talk to someone that had anything to do with snatcher i'm gonna like i'm gonna try and do that but um so, yeah, maybe Silent Hill 2 sometime in the future. I haven't really um, thought about what we're going to do next. Maybe we'll talk about that in a minute, James. Um, but as for uh, this game, James, you know, we, we do deviate a lot on this show. Originally, when I made the concept of the show, it was to talk about 
expensive ass games basically you know and i still have a ton and we you have a ton too you know you're uh, also a collector that um we could talk about that are just like wildly overpriced and that's fun but eventually we did we just kind of decided you know the show is it worth it it can also mean games that don't cost a whole lot and uh, a lot of times those are more worth it than the ones you know so we we deviate sometimes and this is one of those times codename veronica not an expensive game um I think you can pick it up on the PlayStation 2 for less than $10. Like, I think mm-hmm. it's like $5 game or something, right? Yeah. And then on the yeah. Dreamcast, I picked up my copy for, I think it was 8 bucks, and it was complete, great condition. Um, so you can get it there as well uh, if you want to play the original version. Because originally this was uh, exclusive to Dreamcast, and then when the Dreamcast failed, they brought it over to the PlayStation 2 and... I think it was also on Xbox and GameCube, if I remember correctly. And I think the GameCube version is the only one that retains any real value. Um, like, But even it, I think, is only like a $20 or $25 game. So definitely worth it. Uh, I, I believe they made an HD remaster that you can play on the PlayStation 4 as a download. Um, I was reading something about it. Or maybe it hasn't uh, I think yet. you're right. It sounds, sounds, sounds right. But... Uh, you know, that, that could be something you want to get into. I don't know. A lot of the times with these HD remasters, um, they don't do a very good job. I'd actually prefer to play the original, like especially with like the aforementioned Silent Hill. Like if you go play the PS3 HD remaster of Silent Hill, you'll you'll go, man, I don't remember it being this crappy and clunky. And, and yeah, that's because they didn't have the original source material and they just kind of tried to do it anyway and it just messed everything up and that's you know that happens sometimes with these games so a lot of times the original is the best way um sometimes in the case of like remake with resident evil uh they completely remake the game and they just that game is wonderful if you're gonna play resident evil you play it play remake which i believe is also on the wii but it's on the gamecube and uh yeah that one's also very worth it but um yeah i would playstation also now oh yeah okay cool i would uh I would recommend anyone buy Code Veronica that's a just a a hardcore horror fan just because like you can't go wrong it's the price of a Big Mac so even if you only spend a couple hours with it decide you don't like it that's fine you know it's $5 mm-hmm. game it's a great game I don't have much else to say about that now James we do need to talk a little bit about uh what we're going to do in the future um what what you think might be you know uh, coming up I I've been getting a lot of people talk to me about um and one of them is in discord and i'm sure he's listening uh josh especially has said that uh he would like to hear another music episode that that was his like favorite episode it's like you know and i've had other people tell me as well like that they've listened to that episode multiple times and Hmm. i myself have listened to that episode three or four times just it's like just real easy listening and stuff and i don't know if we want to make uh, i don't know if, if i could just get a hold of derek and don and say hey i want to make two episodes a month you know i even i even and those listening let me know if this is something you'd be interested in i even kicked around the idea of making an additional show where we just did music um, yeah. uh if we were going to do that I would probably suggest that we discontinue video games movie. I don't know. I, I like that show a lot too. So it's like, you know, but it, it just comes down to like how much time James and I have. And now James is a new father. You know, I work literally all the time when I'm not with my kid, you know, it's very hard for me to find time to record sometimes and watch movies, play games, etc. But uh, a music show would be a little, uh, easier to do if that's something you guys think you're interested in please write james or i you can contact me at um well on twitter at retro kel it's k-h-e-l james is at james milholland you can also reach him at good buddy james at gmail.com you can reach me at simon not simon belmont at outlook.com you can find us at retro game core that's c-o-r-p-s Dot com and you can uh, find links to all, you know, a lot of our shows. We haven't got it quite updated yet, but uh, a lot of our shows and then links to contact information and stuff for James and I is there as well, so you can reach us there. But um, 
So that may be something we'll talk about in the future if everyone's interested in that. We definitely need to talk about doing another music episode and getting more people involved. So if you have any music that you think needs to be on a music episode, please write us as well and tell us, hey, I'd really like to hear this, that, or the other. Or if you have multiple things and you say, I couldn't narrow it down to just one, check out these three. We'll do that as well. We, we may not put all three up there, but whatever you got, just just let us know what you'd like to hear and whether or not it's a good idea to maybe start a, a music show. I know there are other music shows out there, but ours would be a little different. Ours would be more like uh, listener-oriented, them telling us what they wanted to hear and so on and so forth. Um, as for the next show on this show, what were you thinking, James? I have a few ideas, but you got anything? I was just, uh, since you just purchased it recently, the Castlevania Chronicles, but I'm up for whatever you want to do. Yeah, I chose this it, one. It might be time, like, Castlevania Chronicles is great. Let's see, it it has um, Dracula X on it, correct? And then uh, mm-hmm. you can unlock Symphony of the Night and one other, I was thinking. Now I can't remember. How about we do, oh gosh. I kind of want to say Symphony of the Night, but I'm kind of worried about replaying it, too. Maybe I'll hate it. <laughs> no, you wouldn't hate that game. That game's amazing. It, yeah. is, it is amazing. Um, yes, yeah. great. Let's do Symphony of the Night. Um, very Castlevania uh, or Metroidvania game, the, where the name comes from, Castleroid. Uh, yeah, let's do Castlevania Symphony of the Night, if that's cool with you. I know you have a copy as well. And that, what do you want to focus on? Do you want to like we can't obviously we don't talk about the whole thing as a whole. You want to talk about like kind of like we do with Shining Force too, like just the bosses. Do you want to talk about just the? Well, let's just talk about the, the game in general. Rooms. I mean, okay, you, you know, um, however far you get is how far you get. I'm going to try and two hundred and five percent it or whatever it is. Uh, I've never managed to do that, so that sounds like a good time. And I've already got my PS3 hooked up and uh, a copy ready to go. So let's. Let's, Let's do, it. do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we'll do Castlevania Symphony of the Night. So if you have anything you want to say about Castlevania Symphony of the Night, please, again, write us and um, tell us, you know, what it is you think about the game. We'll read that on there. Uh, until then, uh, this has been Is It Worth It? Keep it retro, and we'll see you next time. Time, everyone. <laughs>